Uh, hi everyone and welcome to the Alchemy Lab with Colm Holland. Hi, I'm Colm Holland, the author of The Secret of the Alchemist and this is another exciting session in this series of podcasts where I have amazing conversations with some real live alchemists and today we'll be discussing uh, a really sensational topic which is a potion that I'm concocting um, for turning dreams into a reality. Yes, everyone, there really is a potion for that. Well, there will be by the time I finish concocting. And I'm gonna get some help today from my very esteemed guest. It is in fact the incredible David Ditchfield, NDE. Hi, David, and welcome. Hi, Colm. Thank you for the lovely introduction. <laughs> so, David, um, welcome. And of course, uh, for everybody's benefit, this is a virtual uh, alchemy lab. We're not really in the same room. You're hundreds of miles away from me today, but I think you've still got the sun shining where you are. Where, where is that, David? Where are you based? Yeah, I'm in Cambridgeshire. So yeah, the sun's shining again. Uh, so so it's, it's been so kind to us, this weather throughout yeah. this whole period so yeah hasn't it ever now um for the benefit of everybody let me just um explain who who david is. david is a very highly uh, accomplished professional artist and composer and a man with an incredible life story uh just to kick things off david what, what are you working on are you are you composing at the moment are you painting at the moment what, what's using up your time under lockdown well, um, a bit of both, really. Yeah, um, I've just finished off some some painting, some artwork for somebody. Um, but I'm now working on a new piece of music uh, for orchestra. Um, wow. which is, yeah, so yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. So when you say piece of music for orchestra, is the, are you a, um, a, a classically trained um, pi uh, pianist or composer? No, no, none of those at all. Actually. Yeah, I've 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 got no sort of um, educational background whatsoever in in classical um, music and being able to compose even so so yeah. But so your is... but your concerts are, are sold out. That's on... right. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have to find out a bit more about how all this um, this came to pass. But I just um, should say that our paths, David and my path has crossed recently because we're both um having books published right now correct yeah that's it yeah, yeah. your book is called shine yeah. on um do you want to just send, say a little bit of, about your book david yeah um shine on is is actually a story that um it's it starts off uh, from um, an accident i had a pretty life-changing accident that i had in 2006 um, where I was uh, seeing off a friend at, at the station in Cambridge and um, she was returning to London and I helped her onto the train with her bags and was kissing her and hugging her to say goodbye and then the emergency buzzer noise alert started going so I stepped back and as I did the bottom part of my sheepskin coat that I was wearing that day got caught in the closing doors oh my. Of, the, of the train yeah and uh so horror of all horrors i couldn't release it and um the, they were, it was trapped so i called out to for a guard hoping for help 
uh, but there was nobody there at all, no one at all on the platform. There was just one other guy, actually, who was seeing off his partner. And um, he turned around to me, I remember, and said, get your coat off, mate, you know, take it off. But there was no way I, I knew that I'd be able to right. lose that coat. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, at that point, I tried everything, you know, I was banging on the on the glass of the of the carriage hoping that, that it might alert you know a ticket inspector or what have you and but nobody turned up i tried the the tube sort of bus as you see it the, you know the, the, right. not the, buses, the, the buttons yeah and they didn't work anymore and um so i remember looking into the eyes of my friend anna who i was seeing off and the look of horror on her face of course just went through me as well and i thought at that point i was going to die uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to survive this because I knew there was no way it was going to come free. And the engine started to rev up and then the train started pulling down the platform. And as it edged its way down the platform, I lost my footing because it pulled off at tremendous speed. I, you don't realize until you're on the yeah. outside of a train yeah, how fast yeah. they go. So I got dragged between the gap of the um, the platform edge and then you know down underneath and i got pulled into well, what felt like the the gates of hell yeah i was just standing into this awful darkness and i was just tossed around like a rag doll basically and um and um i was conscious throughout the whole thing so it was really horrific and terrifying and then i suddenly found myself lying in, in between the track i was just lying face down with my nose literally in the gravel and, you know and the train was still thrashing away above me above my head you know and i just knew at that point that it was still wasn't all over and so i just hung on for dear life and eventually it passed and, and disappeared off down the track and then i suddenly realized i was still alive so um wow. oh my yeah. god I cannot cannot I, I think i speak for everybody listening right now you just cannot begin to imagine how you must have felt at that point it just almost too horrific to imagine, um, catastrophic. I, I would have thought. We'll, we'll come back to that, David. Thanks, thanks for sharing that because I'm guessing that there's a link then between that uh, catastrophic experience and what you do now in terms of painting and composing. Am I right? There is because what happened afterwards was a, a very huge uh, spiritual um event if you like something happened that that and that was really the thing that sort of changed my whole life from that point and uh and i'd gone from having a pretty unsuccessful lifestyle and um, to, to the point that i was kind of self-destructing really uh, everything was going wrong in my life and you know, uh, I was drinking heavily, and uh, you know that wasn't the cause of the accident, by the way. But uh, but I just mean on a day to day basis, you know, I was just try looking for all the quick fixes in life that that a lot of people do, and alcohol was one of them. Right. So so, um, so yeah. So but my life was about to change, and um, I had what is called a, a near death experience. Is that is uh, that why um, your your Formal title now is David Ditchfield, NDE. That's it? exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not MBE, but NDE. No, no, yeah. That's a that's a qualification that none of us would particularly uh, wish for, but um, you obviously have, have every every reason to be able to put that 
those letters are after your name. So you let's talk about near-death experience. Is this a recognized phenomenon among psychiatrists and, and the medical profession? It's becoming uh, so, yeah. They're really taking it seriously now because um, I've, I've actually done a, a few radio interviews um, yeah. where, where they've had people on. They're, they're going around hospitals and they're doing all these tests. You know, they're kind of... They're, they're, they're kind of odd tests. I don't think they're actually going to work, actually, my, myself. But <laughs> but I, but I'm not actually being cynical because I love the fact that they're doing it because science is really important. You know, I, I've got so much respect for for the whole scientific uh, sort of input that there is. I wouldn't be here otherwise. You know, without science, they wouldn't have been able to save me. In all fairness, for when once they got me into hospital. So, so they, uh, they what well, they saved you on the operating table, from what I read in your book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, when when um, do you, when do you think the near death uh, experience happened? Was it when you were on the track or when you were in hospital? It was when I was in hospital. It was when I was in the emergency department, the A and E, and it was at that point I was losing copious amounts of blood at that point, and right. um, so that's when I I had the the NDE. Yeah. Okay. So, what we're talking about here is a perspective that you specifically bring to your near-death experience which from what i read read in your book shine on um goes beyond just a psychological explanation do you want to just fill fill our listeners in today a little bit about how, your perspective on on that experience what the actual would you like me to explain yeah that? yeah the fact yeah. That, that you 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 took away from it not that oh I had some kind of strange psychological experience but you 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 attach a lot more significance to what to what you saw and what you experienced. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, for me, as I say, because my life was going so drastically wrong, um, the near death experience completely turned all that around. My whole outlook, um, starting from within, really, it taught me self love. It taught me for the first time in my life to love myself. And I wasn't doing that. And um, and that was the starting point for me to turn my life around, really, and to, to have the faith and confidence in myself to start creating. Um, well, first of all, paintings. I started off, uh, I, I was very keen to start painting and record what had happened in my right. near-death experience for the world to see. So you were, you were looking for a, a means of expressing what you what you what, what it That's happened. right, yeah. Because I knew nothing about near-death experiences until that point. You know, I, I'd say it wasn't like I thought, oh right, I've just had a near-death experience. I'd never heard of them, so I knew nothing about them. All I was concerned about as I came around from the first operation, which, which took about eight hours, was was I've got to record what's just happened. This is so important. I just thought it had happened to me and no one else. And I thought I've got to record this so that I can show it and explain it to people. And I got no former training again as an artist, but I was just filled with so much energy that I was ambitious enough to say in my own mind, I want, this has got to be a huge canvas. This has got to be on a, a big piece it's got to be like a michelangelo you know a renaissance painting and that's right. so let's, let's talk about what you were painting so in in those those moments when um you what were physiologically dead for all intents and purposes um you saw stuff do you want to explain what it was that that you experienced from a from a visual and an, an emotional point of view yeah sure well i mean 
initially I, I I'd gone from all the sort of frantic sort of um, uh, brightness of the of the hospital and the, and the frantic sounds of the doctors running around trying to save me um, to a very peaceful place and I and it was it felt like a like a darkened room but but and when I say a darkened room a very comfortable darkened room and um, the first thing I noticed were these kind of orbs of different colors that were just slowly pulsating all around me and I felt very comforted from these orbs and I thought wow where am I you know what's going on here and uh, and I suddenly felt a, a strong presence uh, within that was surrounding me and I looked up at my feet and then I saw this beautiful androgynous being that was stood at my feet and this this being was wearing like a sort of very like contemporary sort of just black simple t-shirt and had this kind of white blonde sort of hair and this very luminous skin that was just almost like radiating light from within now i felt like i'd known this being like all my life you know i felt like a like a like it was like a soulmate that that i knew really really well and that was being protected and immediately at that point i thought i'm dead this is it I, I've, I haven't survived what that awful accident, you know, this, right. I, I've passed on. So there was no sense of panic or fear, uh, you know, or, you know, because up until that point, we all think of death as being the, you know, the ultimate end that's very frightening, you know, but mm. it wasn't at all frightening. On the contrary, I was so happy there and I felt so at peace that I was more than happy just to be in that place. Anyhow, um, the next thing is I, I I wanted to look around to see what, what, what else was going on. And I looked and I found that I was lying on top of this like huge slate. It was like a bit like a, almost like a big medieval rock of uh, like an altar, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but it felt very comfortable to be lying on, on this huge slate. And, um, and I looked down at, uh, at my body to check my wounds. I mean, my, my arm had been um, uh, cut from, from the, the top end down, you know, and uh, open. It'd been, severed basically yeah but in the accident but it looked completely intact my whole body was like completely unscathed you know and it was just it looked fine and it was just i was just covered in this blue cloth i remember like a blue uh, sort of blanket it's like a satin sheet if you like which is very cool and, and, and very relaxing and um so yeah so i just i just lay my head back and then suddenly i felt this energy coming from above and i looked up and there were like three grids of white light that were just coming down in, in, and shining this pure white light into my eyes and I couldn't take my gaze away from that light it, it was so bright that normally you're, you wouldn't be able to look into something that bright you know like like, yes. like sunlight or or fluorescent light you know but I I could I could look at this light and I continued to look at it and uh, because it felt like it was um it felt like it was healing me and it felt very comforting huh. <laughs> yeah so um all this was was going on and um then i suddenly started to think about my family you know and i thought oh, they're going to be down because they'd arrived in the a e department and uh, they'd been down there and my mother had been in tears at that point anyhow about the, what had just happened and, and i thought they're going to be in bits you know because they're going to be stood over my dead body now so i thought i'd look over my left to see if i could see them and as I looked down, I didn't see them at all. But what I did see was this beautiful, huge kind of 
waterfall of stars and these stars were just cascading down um, into other galaxies and going down you know, into an abyss and they're just going into beautiful colors and uh, below and the, there were like shooting stars just falling through the middle it was just an, a remarkable sight and it was like a huge arc and I just figured to myself actually you know I'm not in a small darkened room at all I'm actually in the universe itself right uh, but then the most profound moment was about to happen as I turned my body back over and I felt the presence well actually I'd been other beings of light had, had already arrived at that point and they were in in the forms of two female forms and they were like they were slowly hovering their hands over my body so they were healing me but not healing my body as it were he but healing my soul it felt like you know right I obviously needed a lot of healing at that point so but the profound moment that I was just about to talk about was was the, the fact that I suddenly felt this energy that was coming through from from all these beings was was turned up by tenfold and there was just a massive kind of like white tunnel of light and it was like slowly getting closer and closer to me and this tunnel of white light it was a pure white light again was it was um, surrounded by flames that were just slowly rotating and um this was very powerful uh but not at all frightening and it was just very it was almost inviting in in a sense you know and i just straight away i just knew that this energy of light that was coming in was was god this was the source of all creation, you know, not not the image of God that we're all being brought up to believe and see, you know, like the Michelangelo Vatican yes. ceiling, you know. Yes. It was just, um, it was just that God is is this huge energy of light. So at that point, I just remember lying my head back and laughing and thinking to myself, wow, this is like, you know, remarkable. And um and then I suddenly came crashing back down to earth and I was suddenly back in my own body in the hospital and you know, all the pain was rushing straight through and uh, you know, the sound of the doctors were again was it turned up by tenfold now. It was very noisy and the lights were kind of like unbearably screaming into my eyes. So yeah, there I was. So a few, okay, I've got a few questions and I'm sure um, you're going to, on, on the back of this podcast, actually, you're going to get um, people contacting you and asking you a lot more questions, I'm sure. sure. Um, it's it, Your experience, whilst is amazing, of course, none of us would actually wish to have that, you know, by choice, in the sense that um, mm. we'd, we'd want to um, have to pass through that, that in, incredible trauma um, that you went through, but the outcome is is fascinating. So earlier you said that as a result of of the NDE, um, the the net net result was that you actually felt loved. That's right. Yeah, and, and found were able to find a profound love for yourself, which was absent before in your life. Yeah. That's right. So you and were on a, you were on a path of self destruction, if you don't mind me, maybe. Oh, totally. No, you you're right to say that, and I say that myself. So that's that's correct. Yeah. And uh, but I didn't realise that I got no, uh, there was no self love. Yes, I mean I didn't realise it until well, that's point. interesting. Um, because the the love that I was experiencing was 
I call it unconditional love. And yeah. that's interesting because I know that you, you use the same phrase I as do. well. Yes, yeah, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> which is lovely to say that because I, I, I love synchronicity and I thought, ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yes. And um, so, yeah, so I, the, the love I felt there was, the, the way I also described that love that I felt there was um, it was all the different types of love that you feel throughout your life for example the love from your say your mother and father or or your your lover or or your or even your pet dog you know it's all those different types of love and it was all very much con- condensed into one and so um yeah so i brought that love back with me and um interestingly enough when i came crashing back down to earth a lot of people say oh you must have been really were you disappointed and i wasn't because I just, I was so charged with all this energy that I just received all this love that I was like, I was awake for the first time in my life. And I, I was, even though I was like in complete agony, it was like, I was going, yeah, wow, I can't wait to tell the world about what wait, awaits us all, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, that love was, was very, very powerful and life changing. So I think, I think you've said something really significant there. And I think of all, all the interviews that, that I've been doing recently, um, this, your your experience is unique in the, in this sense, in as much as before your near near death experience, it wasn't as if you'd been delving or dabbling or exploring or searching, or you know, uh, researching you know extraterrestrial beings or life after death. I mean these these weren't topics of re- of overwhelming interest to you. No, not at all. Um, they, they didn't come into my life. You know, I, I was literally, I'd, you know, I'd moved to London. As I say, I'd left school without qualifications. And I was just basically picking up work, uh, manual labouring, uh, which I wasn't very good at, incidentally. So uh, it was a struggle for me to do that. I used to look around at the other guys and I think, wow, they're, they're really skilled at what they're doing and they're fantastic at their work. And I got total admiration for, for what they do. But I was just... Oh, you know, they used to call me speedy and all sorts of things like that because I was just so slow at the job. So, of course, I, didn't, I felt I didn't even fit in there. So there was, there was no, nowhere that I felt that I fitted in. And uh, so, so it, it, it's, it's funny how you just kind of... Uh, it, it's... Um, I forgot what the, what the... Can you just remind me what you just said? I forgot what the, what the point we were starting out on there. That you just, did. Uh, yes. No, no, no. Good, thanks. Um, the the question was that you you it wasn't as if you had um a, a prior experience of that's that's right so yeah you're, you're absolutely or, right yeah and um, yeah the, yeah what i'm sorry but what i meant to go, go on continue on to say was that basically all i was doing was just living day to day just trying to make money yeah. and anything that went wrong in my life i was looking for the quick fix if you like you know i was looking for to get to put a band-aid over anything that went wrong in my life and so there was not there was, i never sort of felt a sense of spirituality and turning for help and stuff yes i mean i did right towards the end i remember praying i, I put my hands together and prayed because i was so desperate at one point but i didn't know who or what i was praying for you know and and uh but even though at that point i remember when i was praying that i wasn't when I was, I felt unworthy. I felt that I was a mess, and I felt like, I, you know, when I asked for that help, I, I felt like saying, "Well, you know, I, I know you probably don't want to help me because I'm, a, you know, I'm not worth it. You know, I'm just a bum, you know, <laughs> kind of thing." And and uh, so I was, part of me was putting my hand out to ask for help, 
at that point when I prayed. But there was another part of me was putting up another hand saying, I'm not letting you in, you know, because yeah. I'm a mess. So, um, yeah. And that's um, normal. Obviously, that's the experience of 99.9% .9 of, of, of humankind is that there is this push me, pull you relationship towards love. Uh, unconditional love as you described earlier and that's a fascinating topic for me um, in my book the secret of the alchemist i explore that in some depth and one of the things that i talk about is that the ancient alchemists who really did exist by the way <laughs> um, these are these are not fictional characters they, they are documented and uh, people like isaac newton the, the great scientist was a collector of their works and he he pulled them together from from centuries of, of being lost. And more recently, Professor Carl Jung, uh, the psychoanalyst, um, interpreted these in, in ways that you, I'm sure, would now, now recognize. And so um, what, what they all say is that we are connected by this collective unconscious. And the collective unconscious is also connected to the cosmos. And this is, this is exactly what Carl Jung um, was teaching um, not that many years ago. And he was saying, and he was a psychiatrist, he was a scientist first, uh, more than any other. He, he and others had this um, unfloundering un belief that uh, we are connected to the universe, we are part of the cosmos, and, and the, the glue, if you like, that holds us and everything together is what you found in your near-death experience, which is unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And he uses, I mean, you, you may, may or may not know this, but he actually uses the analogy of, of, the, of the spectrum of light. He actually wow. uses the, the, the different colors and where things sit on the spectrum as, a, as an analogy, as a way of explaining how he believed that we, we are linked through our, you know, various archetypes, as he called them, um, patterns of, of behaving and thinking and feeling that we all share in common just because we're human and for no other yeah. it's a physiological experience and so we can choose in the end that's what i write about in my book and mm. what you did when you came back um, and this is just my own reflection on on your amazing experiences that you you chose to say i have been given a gift and that gift is the gift of understanding how deeply we are all loved. Mm, absolutely. Which, which yeah. brings me on to your work then now, your painting and, and your music. Is, is that the mission that you do have, that sense of mission in, in what you're doing? Um, yes, it is. Um, it's interesting because uh, everything that I do now is... It's not just kind of coming from an ego point of view, if you like. You know, yeah. it's not like I want to sell lots of paintings or or, or, or lots of. You know, I don't want to make not lots not of. Money. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. David. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, I was just about to say there's nothing wrong with that. But, but what I'm just, but before that's how I was going about life. It was all mm -hmm. about how am I going to make lots of money? How am I going to get um, the, the girlfriend that I want that I'm I'm not even to get and you know there was lots of tall orders i had on my list whereas what i do now is is coming from a different place you know it's uh it's yeah. coming from the universe if you like you know because the universe wants us to succeed you know the, the that's how the universe works you know it's it, it creates like 
so much energy and it's, uh, through uh, there's so much that's been created from the universe just throughout the whole of our earth and then all the other planets around us you know so of course it wants us to, to succeed yes. um but it's coming from a different place and i think that's what that's what's really important that's what i meant uh, there's nothing wrong with making money but i think if we start to come from the heart and create from the heart and and then the success will come to us afterwards if you like and that's what i found you know like everything i started off doing my my paintings initially and then the music that i wrote the reason i did that was because i was on a mission to tell the world look there's nothing to fear this is the afterlife this is what's there this is what awaits us all and as i was creating that music i could feel the sense of um unconditional love that i i'd learned from the other side was still with me and was helping me and guiding me if that makes so any sense at all let's let's make this clear then um you we don't need a near-death experience to to know that unconditional love no we don't at all we, no. everybody can invite that love to yeah. become manifest in their in their life and sometimes that means going through transformational experiences of, of pain so i've i've never known transformation to exist without pain um mm. not the level of pain that physical pain that you you experienced you know heaven, heaven forbid but uh, no, but, it's absolutely uh, true. but yeah it's true i mean pain is something that is part of being human and sometimes facing that pain is is part of the root um embracing the pain love loving oneself despite um how it how bad that feels um takes us through to to the other side where where you live now so in a way you're living heaven on earth david you're you you've brought the divine to down to the grassroots human existence yeah well to me you know uh, earth really is heavenly it it's interesting after after i'd had my near-death experience i became really fascinated with watching uh, documentaries and and films all about um, astronauts and, and space travel because i wanted to see what their take on it was actually going out to space itself yeah. you know yeah, and yeah. Um, and it was interesting because i kept seeing the, the you know these astronauts again who were scientists of course you know the the highest of the highest of scientists otherwise they wouldn't be able to do the job coming back and and they'd they've gained faith from being out there and i remember one of them one or two of them in fact would turn around and say that it's remarkable standing on the moon it's an incredible journey going there and it's exciting you know but it's this white dusty sort of huge ball that you stood on he said and when you come back to the earth you suddenly realize all the colors and all the beauty of the earth and you look at earth and earth is just like heaven itself so it is all the riches that are all around us that really are are heaven on earth in, in, in all fairness but uh, mm. but yeah i mean it, it it's it's great to be able to um I feel like I've still got like this connection to 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 that place I went to because it's the energy that I'm that I experience there is still within me. So it is within us all. And but I I guess I just I was given an opportunity to stop. I mean, like you say, it's, you have to go through that that darkness. It, it's like if any every novel that's ever been written that's a success or every film that's ever been made. You know, there has to be hardship in that story. For, for the for the the ending the good endings that come as it were you know so so yeah I, I 
I had to, I definitely had to go through that. You know, I couldn't go on the way I was going on. You know, it was just a no. slow burn. And so, so yeah. Okay. Um, so I, we're in the lab today in this podcast. I've got a few potions bubbling. I mentioned earlier that I've got a specific potion that I'm looking for a bit of help with, David. So I'm, I'm no. hoping you can give me a bit of a hand here. I've got a few ingredients in this um, this beaker that's bubbling away over here. Um, it's got the label on it is how to turn dreams into reality. Um, mm. Which means if um, if we if we're living with innate dreams, unrealized dreams that haven't yet formulated in, into reality. Have you got any, a couple of ingredients um, since your experience that you would like to uh, suggest I should throw in the pot? Yeah, um, well, I've, the first one that comes to mind is, is to um, strip away the layers of um, um, stuff that have stuck to you from, from mainly from childhood where you've been told, you know, you're a failure in certain aspects and those have stuck. And uh, uh, once you start stripping away at those, you realize that there's a beautiful soul inside that, um, that is, that needs to come out and, uh, and, and enjoy life. And, um, okay. that, I'll, sorry, I've just, I've yeah. just poured a bit of that in. Okay. Well, that's, Hey, already that's made a difference. It's bubbling away like crazy now. <laughs> anything else great. you've got, I'll take it. <laughs> um, was there anything else that you that you wanted? You, you, you alluded there might be another ingredient. Well, the 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 biggie, which is obviously what we've just been talking about, and that is that self love. And uh, you know, once you've found that you can get that self love and and allowed it in. Um, it, that, that that's a massive that's a massive ingredient okay. for me. To... All right, that's gone in as well um, as a basic ingredient for for life. Yeah, mm. let, let alone trying to turn a, a dream into it. Okay, thanks thanks for that's really helpful. I'll send you um, I'll send you a bottle when it's finished. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do know one thing about you and I that we have in common as well, which is that we're both quite strong believers in omens and, um, and synchronicity. You've mentioned the word synchronicity. Do you want to just explain just really briefly what you mean by synchronicity? Um, yeah, well, uh, the first thing I, I, I talk about is, is, is it was interesting that I look back on certain aspects of my life before that led up to the accident and the near-death experience. And they happened and were meant to happen um, to, in, in a sense, to sort of bring me to that point. Well, not they weren't meant to happen, but they, they were like sort of, they were like sort of, uh, they were synchronicity moments. Like, for example, I, I'd, I'd been visiting my sister a couple of months before the accident, and I'd come up on the train and I bumped into this elderly couple that were sat there, and, and they, we got chatting. And the lady was very pleasant, and she said, um, we're off to see a medium tonight uh, in the town where you're getting off. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, I wasn't interested, as, as you know, <laughs> as I talked about at all, you know. And then she said, she's very good. She's very good. Nobody knows that, but she's, she's a hidden gem. And I said, right. So she gave, insisted on giving me a flyer. And so I put it in my pocket. And I didn't feel, think about going whatsoever. I just folded it up, and there it was in my jacket pocket. And I arrived at my sister's, and when I arrived, there was a lot of stuff going on. She was sorting out the kids and stuff. So it was all very busy. So I thought I'd just take myself down to the pub 
we go and have a pint. And when I was sat in the pub, I pulled that flyer out of my pocket and I thought, do you know what, I'm going to go. For no reason, I just went. And when I got there, everyone, it was packed and there was a lot of people there who were looking for messages from loved ones who just passed on. And I clearly was not looking for a message at all. I just was fascinated and, and something that brought me to that place. And this medium, well, she was great. You know, she was coming out with a lot of stuff. And, uh, and then she suddenly turned around to me and said, gentlemen in the blue sweater, your life is about to change. And I went, oh, okay. And of course, I figured at that point, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm yeah, going to get the girl that I was chasing after, you know. <laughs> and um, I said, in what way? How's it going to change? And then uh, she stopped and she just kind of like, she was putting her hand to her head because she kept connecting and talking to her guides, as I know now, you know, she was chatting with them. And then she was going, yes, 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 right. You know? And then she turned around and she said, they're not telling me. They're not saying how it's going to change. But they, what they are saying, it's going to be big and be ready for it. And I went, okay. So I knew straight away uh, when I came around from the first anesthetic, I was lying in the hospital bed there and I, I remembered that. And I thought, what about that? What about that medium, eh? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's, that was synchronistic that, that that was coming. But these certain things have been going on throughout uh, life. You know, certain, you know, all the different things that have come together for me with my music and my art. There's been an awful lot of synchronicity there where I, I happen to bump into one person and, and then I bump into another one. And this brings about, you know, you know, me suddenly having my music performed by an orchestra, you know, which is unheard of. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and in, in, uh, in, in the famous book uh, novel by Paolo Kahlo, uh, the alchemist, which I talk about a lot in mind, the secret of the alchemist, um, following the omens and, uh, situations, cir- circumstances, and, and almost um, the most important coincidences that are, look like coincidences, but we're able to attach a, a genuine meaning to those coincidences that mean something really positive to us. Yeah. It is, in my experience, one of the ways that you actually know that you're on the right track. That if you're questioning at any point, should I do this or should I do that? then following those omens will happen. Um, and the universe will give us really clear signs. There won't be much guessing in my, in my experience. Um, it, it all becomes pretty plain, pretty, pretty quick. Um, <laughs> That's really well summed up. So, so there you go. There's a fine example for me of synchronicity. What oh, you just said there is exactly how I feel. You've just, you've just put it into words and, and uh, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, we're, we're running out of time, um, which is okay. really sad. We could go on all day, David, I think. Um, uh-huh. But uh, people have got lives to get on with, uh, omens to follow, synchronicity to experience, <laughs> yeah. and concentrate on loving themselves first, all, all of those wonderful things that you've brought up today. Um, looking, Just looking forward now um, in terms of uh, the new reality that we're in, um, and I'm I'm now stating this. I've 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 gone with with the, with the coronavirus. I've gone from um, denial, like everybody else, uh, and then a little bit of anger, like everybody else that we're in the situation, to to almost an acceptance now that life isn't actually going to be completely the same as it was before mm. for anybody. No. no. Um, and I'm thinking about my my grand grandchildren growing up in a, in a world that, that we didn't 
have to grow up in and so on. Um, mm -hmm. If you had some hopes, um, any any offering to give to to people now, thinking about how to how to readapt their lives, are, are there any thoughts um, that, that you immediately come to mind? Well, yeah, I mean, I would say, and it's, so many people turn around to me and say, "Oh, when things get back to normal," and I keep saying things won't get back to normal because things. We're just we're moving into a new chapter, and and it's good to accept that rather than want mm. to have things as they were before, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, what I would say is, is is be open to the mystery and flow of faith, you know. You know, be okay with the journey, and don't worry how it's going to unfold, you know. It's uh, just create a life where the magic can show up, and then your your faith will become like a, a flowing river. Yeah, so that's that's how I feel. Lovely. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, I I give um, all of my guests in, in the Alchemy Lab uh, the last word. <laughs> so <laughs> um, as as it should be, and um, the last word I just to invite you if you've got a, a short passage from your book or any any lyrics from your music that you would just like to share with us as we as we close close this podcast today, David. Um. Yeah, well, actually, uh, that was that was just what I was going to read to you, but I can read it in full to you if you like. Yeah, go for it. So yeah, so yeah, so be okay with the journey, and don't worry how it's going to unfold. Be open to the mystery and flow of faith. Just create a life where the magic can show up. Then the faith will become like a flowing river, carrying you exactly where you need to go, showing you what you need to do. Then, at the right time, there will be a sign, and you will know when it happens. Wow. Okay. That's, that's precious, David. Thank you so much. And I wish you every success with your art, with your music, with your book. Um, when's the book going to be available? Um, it's, it's going to be available. Well, it's on, available for pre-order now through Amazon, um, but it's actually coming out on the 26th of June. Okay. So just everybody reminder again that uh, David's book is called Shine On um, and it's available on Amazon um, from, from the middle of June, June onwards mm -hmm. and available pre-order now. Uh, David, thank you for sharing. Thank you for making yourself so vulnerable. Thank you for being true to yourself and to your mission. And um, I, I wish you every blessing for the rest of today. And you too. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Okay. Bless, bless you, David. <laughs>